Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Let's go to John 8, 12 before we get to our scripture. We talked about this one Wednesday night. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me should not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. Light what means exposure, illumination, truth and knowledge, the power of understanding more and spiritual truth. When we, when God exposes us to light, he's exposing us first of all to him and then secondly to our purpose in him. So when God exposes you and you learn more about God, the more you learn about God, the more you learn about yourself, which is powerful within itself. The more we learn about God, the more we learn about ourselves. And we need his guys to help us navigate through our daily decisions and choices that we are while we're here on earth. That is why he is the light. Notice what he says of the world. The world means the earth. Heaven's wonderful, but I need light here on the earth. Why is that? Listen, it's just like for Let me give you a quick example. This will give me a quick example. Let's say, for example, you in a dark room and you ask for somebody to bring you a light. And they in the other room turn the light on and off. You're like, this light ain't doing me no good in this other room in him. Because why? The light is not coming through the wall. It is. You need the excuse me, you need the light in the room that you in so it can illuminate the room that you in. Uh let's for, say for example, you ask somebody to turn on the light in the room you in because you want to be able to see, but they turn the light on in the room they is and talk about can you see now? I'm like, what's wrong with you? I need the light on in the room that I'm in so it illuminate the room that I'm in. This is why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You're here on the earth making everyday decisions, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. You're making career decisions. You're making relationship decisions. You're making financial decisions. You're making decisions every day. You need light upon your decision making. And you don't need just any light. You need the real light. You don't need no phony light. You need something that's going to illuminate so you can clearly make a godly decision. The problem is people try to light up other rooms and think that they got light in this room right here. And that's what the devil will do. The devil will light up a room down the street and say, hey, you got plenty of light in your house. No, I don't neither. I need light in this house because the devil don't want you to see what's around him. The devil don't want you to see he come to steal, he come to kill, and he come to destroy. So he said, I'm going to keep the light off in you and, listen, and tell you that the light is on. Well, that's good teaching right there. My goodness. And that's what the devil does. He is he's, he's a manipulator and a deceiver. He'll tell you that the light is on when he knows you sit sitting or standing in a dark room. And he'll try to deceive you or manipulate you through his actions. When God will turn the light on in the room that you in. Because God ain't got nothing to hide. Well, God ain't got nothing to hide. He'll show you his motives right up front. 
He'll tell you, hey, I'm here. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So John 8, 12, he is the light of the world. And we need this God to help us navigate through our daily decisions and choices that we make while here on the earth. That is why he is the light of the world. We need him to help us navigate around people who may come to be more of a hindrance in our lives than a help. But in that like the devil? The devil have you in a dark room, tell you the light is on, and tell you that person here to help you. He'll have you in a dark room, tell you that the light is on, and tell you that person is on your side. When, when God said, no, you need to turn the light on. You need to see who you, you, who you are working with right here. And that is what, listen, when you in school or at work or in business, you better be able to, you better have the light of the world operating around you because you need to be able to see who is around you. You need to be able to see and discern who is around you. They say you're your friend, but they could be the enemy. They could be like the Bible says, they, they, they got on sheep clothing, but inwardly they are wolves. You got to know the difference, but the light will show you that. One thing about God, if you ask God, he'll show you. You may not like what you see, but it'll be truthful. And I've been with God long enough to understand, sometimes he'll supposed to light on yourself. To show you, hey, you need to get things together, Dobbs. And nothing wrong with that. I appreciate God loving me enough to say, hey, don't you be pointing your finger at everybody else. You need to look at you and say, hey, you need to work on yourself. The light will do that for you. That's why many of us agree that Jesus came to help us before we realized that we needed help. Isn't that like God? God will send the light into your life before you get there. And now he said, whoo, I got light now. But I mean, how many appreciate God's light? I want to see a show of hands. How many appreciate God's light? How many can be honest with me? You may not. No, don't raise your hand on this because you may not want to agree with this part right here. How many can, listen, I'm going to say this right here. This is just Pastor Dallas right here. This is Pastor Dallas. This is Pastor none of y'all right here. But sometimes God will show me stuff I'm not too proud of when he showed it to me. And I had to say, God, you know what? Turn the light off. But he said, no, you need to get it right. Turn the light off. And then, and then I said, this, this is me right here. God, somebody coming. Don't let them see this about me. Ooh, this is just me, y'all. Y'all probably got no problems like that. But I, I, had to, I had to be honest with God. And God had to show me that sometimes that when he exposed me to stuff, he's doing it for my good. But I don't, I don't always like what I see when he turned the light on. You ever been in your house sometime, you turn the light on, you say, this house ain't clean, let me turn the light off. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Even before Jesus explained how he was here to help us, we can read in scripture how his ministry of helping people was at work and how he showed kindness and compassion to the woman caught in adultery. Remember uh, this past Wednesday night where the woman was caught, we talked about briefly how the woman was caught in adultery. And when she was caught in adultery, um, you, now this is what you got to understand. When she was caught in adultery, one point that sometimes we forget is that she was guilty. Everybody understand that? That she was guilty. It wasn't like when they caught in adultery, it wasn't like she came out saying, you know what? That wasn't me. Now, some people say, you know what? They get caught. That wasn't me. They got the camera and everything. Sometimes I watch the police, uh, when they chase folks on, on television and they'll say like, I didn't, uh, I ain't got nothing in my car. I ain't got nothing in my car. And the police be like, man, I see the gun right there on your seat. What you mean you ain't got nothing in your car? I see the dope right there. What you mean you ain't got nothing in your car? 
and, and they'll look at him like the boy crazy. And people do that. The gun can be sitting on the seat beside them. And they say, who gun is that? I ain't got no gun in the car. And you look at them like, these folk crazy. <laughs> but people do it all the time. People do it all the time. People do it all the time. So, but anyway, she would call an adultery. But Jesus says, uh, hey, parap- I'm, I'm getting the whole story, but he said, you know what? Those without sin, let them cast the first song. And they, the oldest, the youngest, walked away, dropped the stone they had. Now, you got to understand something. What I thought about this, and you think about this for a moment, too. They had previously in the past stoned people who had committed adultery. Had literally stoned folks that had committed adultery, and they could have been the very ones that committed adultery themselves. And I think I see why Jesus had to stop this because he knew these folks being hypocritical. They, now this is my imagination, they had committed adultery themselves, or it may not commit adultery, but they did something on the line of that. They did something as bad as that. They did something that was worse, or maybe even on the same level as that. But yet, they had no problem in killing folks who did something, committed sin. And so Jesus told them, Hey, you without sin, because remember, he didn't say you committed adultery. He said you without sin cast the first stone. So you know what? They said, hey, I may not have did this, but I did something. I might have stole. I might have lied. I might have did this, that, and the other. I did something. And he said, those that I sin, listen, listen. Cast the first stone. And when they start thinking about, hey, I may not commit adultery. I may have did commit adultery, but I'm, I'm not sinless. I'm not sinless. And so they, he, they put the stone down. And when they put the stone down, he said, you know what? When he got back, when he, when he looked back up, he says, neither do I condemn you neither. And so when he says condemn is a word that means give judgment against. It means also to show one's wickedness. And this is what you got to understand. Jesus knew that she was guilty, but he also knew that the people trying to, to condemn her was guilty as well. Because let me say this to you. God does not just show one person's wickedness and not show other people's wickedness. God is the equal opportunity employer. He'll show your wickedness just like he'll show my wickedness. That's why I am believing like this. God have mercy on me. Where am I pointing my finger at you when I got four on pointing back at me? Listen, I know you might have messed up, but you know what? I, I might not have messed up Sunday, but l- listen, don't don't look at Saturday now. I might have met, might not have messed up on Friday, but don't look at Thursday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, because boy, I was had it going on. God have mercy on me. Let me have mercy on you as well. And the woman that was caught in adultery says, I don't condemn you neither. And then, think about this for a moment now. He could have, but he didn't. But you know what happened, though? God began to show us another side or another part of his attributes. 
God is merciful. Go to Psalms 136 and verse 1. Psalms 136 and verse 1. God is merciful, y'all. How many agree God, God is merciful? Let me show it to you in scripture, though. You know what? I was going to tell you, this one scripture, I ain't, got, I ain't really got one is it real or not. This one's personal to me right here. You know why it's personal? Because God had mercy on me. Notice this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures. How long? That's a long time, man. But I thank God it does. I could make it into heaven if I didn't follow that. But you know what? What happened is this woman that was caught in adultery experienced God's mercy. This is what you got to know. He knew she was guilty. He also knew the people around her, her, him, her was guilty. And so now, as God, listen, the more you walk with God, the more attributes you see about God. And th- th- this is what you need to know as well. The more attributes you'll see about yourself, too, the more you walk with God. I like that. Now, I'm, I don't like everything I see, but I appreciate God showing me. I appreciate God showing me. That's why we, um, whew, the more you follow Jesus, the, the more of his attributes are exposed to you on a personal level. You know why I know God's merciful? He's merciful to me. You know why I know God's grace is real? Because he had grace on my life. You know why I know God is, is love? Because he had love in my life. You know why I know God is supplier of needs? He supplied my needs. You know why I know God is a healer? He healed my body. You know why I know God is a, is a deliverer? Because he delivered he, he deliver me right now. The more we get to know about Jesus, the more attributes we get to understand. Let me say this to you in a natural sense. The more I get to know about you, the more attributes I learn about you. There's some people in this room that like chicken. And there's some people in this room, you from another planet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you like chicken too, right? Or you may or may not. It don't really matter. There's some people in this room that like burgers. Some people don't. Some people in this room like sports. Some don't. Some people like to dress up. Some don't. Some people like long hair or short hair. You know, whatever your case is. But the more I learn about you, the more I'm going to know you. And so the more we know, learn about Jesus, the more we know about him. And that is what we're looking for. We want to know about Jesus. Listen, I, I may know you and I like you and so forth, but the more I know about Jesus, the more I've learned, I like about Jesus. The Bible says this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and his mercy endure forever. How many have tasted God in the sanctuary? How many know the more you learn about God, the more you like about him. The more you understand about him, the more you love him. The more you look look at him and the more you study about him and learn about him, the more you can walk with him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't it good to be with God? Because the more you spend time, listen, you think that woman would have learned about his mercy if she never would have got caught? Mm. Y'all get that? Woo! 
If she never would have got caught in adultery, she never would have knew about his mercy. Isn't that that something? Is it that many of us have learned his mercy because we got... Thank y'all. Don't say nothing. Just, let, 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 let keep on moving. In the Let's keep on moving. But Lord, listen, this, this, is, this is a secret praise. You ain't got to tell nobody, but just in yourself. That, Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Don't tell nobody, but thank God for his mercy. See, I ain't got to ask nobody what that mercy about. I appreciate his mercy. Ooh, but that's a word for us. Uh, how many know that's a word for me right there? Amen. Now, See, that's why as we allow the Holy Spirit to be the main influence in our lives, back to you, sheep, we are better able to understand and appreciate the benefits that comes from God's mercy, the advantages and the increase that comes from his mercy. As we continue to gain knowledge and understanding of the scriptures, we recognize that the Pharisees and the scribes are on a mission to trap Jesus in his word, to trap, T-R-A-P. Jesus and his words and his actions. Trap means a situation where people lie in wait to make a surprise attack. I believe that we can when encounter people on this Christian journey who will come in our lives with a purpose of catching us off guard in our faith walk. And I've been there long enough that people will try to trap you. You know what's sad? They won't try to trap people who are, what's what I'm looking for here? They won't try to trap people who ain't doing nothing. They want to trap innocent folks. They want to trap people who, um, innocent, but yet the enemy don't like you, so he's trying to trap you. Can I be honest with you? There are some people that God will, let me say to put you like this. You could be on a job, not minding your own business. But never underestimate the enemy. He will try to trap you. You could be at school doing what you're supposed to be doing, but the enemy will try to trap you. How many understand the enemy will try to trap you? Now, now, Pastor Alex, you know what? I ain't, I ain't bothering nobody. I ain't doing nothing to nobody. Why would the enemy want to trap you? Because you named the name of Jesus. Simple as that. Let me tell you something. It don't matter your age, neither. The enemy will try to trap you. I wish that, listen, how you know, Pastor Dobbs? If the enemy would try to trap Jesus, you better know he'll try to trap you. What did Jesus do to anybody? He's trying to help people. He is the light of the world. He just told the people, I'm the light of the world. He just forgave that woman who committed adultery of her sins. And now... They tried to trap him. Think about this. They came up to him. To, to, but they tried to trap him at one time. Brought the woman in adultery. He forgave her, even though he knew she was guilty. Now, he has also convicted them, or excuse me, they were convicted or condemned of their sin. Because remember now, it wasn't the fact that they committed adultery because they did some stuff they ain't got no business doing. And so now they got to get them back. Because you know the best thing to do when you got truth in your life, when somebody comes to you with truth, you got to make them out of a liar. Because if that, 
that will mess up their whole testimony. Because you catch them in a lie, then the, the, the theory is if they'll lie about this, they'll lie about that. That's the theory right there. Now, it may not be necessarily true. Some people, uh, I've been around situations where folks will tell the truth from one matter, but some people just selective in truth. I'm, you say selective in truth. Yeah, they'll lie sometimes for their own benefit, then they'll tell the truth for their own benefit. Y'all know folks like that? Keep on living. I pray that you will never meet them, but just in case you do, there's some folks out there. Amen. That are like that. <laughs> Let's go a little further. First Peter five and eight. Let's go to first Peter five and eight. Again, the reason I go to this scripture is because we need to know scripture. We need to know scripture. All right, first Peter chapter five and verse eight. Scripture reads as follows Be sober, be vigilant. Because you're at the say, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So that's why this scripture reminds us to be sober and to be diligent. Sober means to be watchful. Be calm and collected in spirit. It is hard to be watchful when your spirit is all over the place. All over the place. Be diligent. Give strict attention to. Be cautious. Be watchful. Because your adversary, your adversary, your adversary, look at your name and say, you got an adversary. You got an adversary. You know what? Tell, tell, you, tell you me like this. Tell you the neighbor, you got an enemy. Now, now I know Pat, the person you get you told that to, they are the nicest person they can be. Now, some of us, some of us, we got, there's no surprise we got in because the way we are, we got enemies, okay? We know that. Some people, they just, but some people in the sanctuary, they surprised they got in because they're just so nice. Look beside you. They're so nice and sweet and calm. And Pastor Bob said, I'm looking at the wrong person. Let me look somewhere else. Now, now, <laughs> now the, the reality is that you got an adversary. But Pastor Bob, I'm too young, I'm too old to have an adversary. I'm too young to have an adversary. I'm too nice to have an adversary. That, see, you wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your adversary is not the person that you see. Your adversary is the devil. We read earlier, he come to steal, he come to kill, he come to destroy. You got an adversary, but you got Listen, because your adversary walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Devour means to destroy, to swallow up. You got to know you got an adversary. He'll, he'll come and get your finance if you're not careful. He'll come and get your good health if you're not careful. Let me tell you one place he's after. You got, you better know he's after this too. He's after your mind. The enemy is after your mind. He wants to control the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. Because if he gets your mind, he got you. And he can pull his string anytime he wants to. He'll have you thinking crazy thoughts in the middle of a sanctuary just like this right now. Because why? He is the enemy. He is the enemy. See, the enemy is using, and let me say this to you, and you may not believe this, but I'm going to tell you this up front. The enemy will use people around you like the Pharisees and the scribes will use back then 
to try to make accusations about you, just like they did, the Pharisees and the scribes did against Jesus and his disciples. That's why we must know who we are in Christ. We got to understand who we are. We got to perceive who we are. We got to comprehend who we are. We got to know that we are new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We got to be like the woman who caught in adultery. Listen, yeah, I know I was guilty, but Jesus had mercy upon me. And he forgave me of everything I done. Now I'm a new creature. I, I, yeah, I used to do it. I was guilty, but the blood of Jesus has cleansed me, has purified me, and made me whole. Thank God for the mercy of God. I can imagine that woman. I, it, I, I don't even, I do not, you know, I don't even know her name. Does anybody know that woman's name? Does anybody know? Isn't it sad that your whole life you're known as the woman who committed adultery? But really nobody know her name? Now, if you know her name, let me know, because I, I need to, I don't need to call her that no more, because she really, because Jesus forgave her, right? I mean, when God forgave you, you forgave. Is that right? Well, Pastor, and, and, and let's be real. Let's be real. She the only one that used to have an old name that people used to know us by. Thank y'all for the five amens. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. The rest of y'all, they pray for the rest of us. Yeah, people used to know us as, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And people used to know us as, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And people used to know us as dirty, nasty, hateful, mean, slick. Thank you, a player from the. <laughs> used to know us, used to know us. If I say used to know us, used to know us, used to know. Tell somebody else, used to know us, used to know us, used to know us as. And so they used to know us as that. That's how we got to know who you are in Christ. Because people will go by your old name if you're not careful than knowing your new name. Mm. That's why we're born again and we're blood washed, Bible believing, true and of the most high God. We are chosen generation, a world priesthood, a holy nation based on 1 Peter 2 and 9. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 and 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9. Let's look at that scripture. 1 Peter 2 and 9 reads as follows. But you are chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Boy, we are chosen generation. That means we're chosen by who? God. We're chosen by God. That means we're special. We're unique. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nobody like you in heaven or earth. Because when God made you, he made you special. Oh, he, listen, that's why we talked about earlier. The more you get to know about Jesus, the more you discover his attributes. And then also you get to know more about yourself. You get to know more about yourself. And that's why we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not believe beneath, according to Deuteronomy 28, 13. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, 13. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 13. Deuteronomy 
The Bible reads as follows. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You should be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you today and are careful to observe them. And the Lord will make you. Notice he's going to make you. He's creating you. He's going to purpose you to be the head and not the tail. You don't come out like that. He's making you like that. Who shined that up? That means every time I come into the sanctuary, he's making me the head. He's making me, listen, he's saying, you're no longer a tail, Dobbs. You are the head now. I don't feel like the head, God. It don't matter what you feel like. We walk by faith and not by what? He's making you the head. He's making you above only and not beneath. He's making you. Everybody say, he's making me. Notice as he makes us, he's making us the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath. That means that I used to be beneath, but God is making me above. I like that. I'm not, I'm no longer what I used to be. I am what God is making me. So he says, and you should be the above only, not beneath. You, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which command you today, and are careful to observe them. So as long as I'm obeying God, I am going to be above only and not beneath. Why? Because he's making me. Remember now, we talked about this earlier. We came that God is exposing us to truth. He's the light of the world. And since he's the light of the world, he's guiding me in my everyday walk. Remember, light is wonderful in heaven, but I need the light here on the earth. Remember we talked about earlier. No, don't tell me the light is on when you turn the light on in another room. I need the light on the room I'm in right now. Everybody see the difference right there? I know it might be a simple example, but it's amazing how the devil has deceived people and told them the light is on in the room they're in, and they look around and can't even see nothing. I remember coming up, my, my cousin played a joke with me one day. We was in the room, and it was about uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. He woke up, and he liked doing stuff like that. He was just, um, I, don't, I don't know if y'all use words like this anymore, but mannish. <laughs> He said, he, he, he said, hey, man, can you see me, man? Out, out of my eyes, it was dark. I, listen, I thought it was dark and see Jack, right? He said, you can't see me. I'm standing right in front of you. I can't see me. I'm right in front, I'm right in front of you, man. Can you see me? I couldn't see nothing. And then he bust out laughing. It was dark. He had, he, he had the lights off. <laughs> he had told me the lights were on, and it was actually dark as it wanted to be outside and dark in that room. And... and I laughed for a second, but really I was angry. <laughs> you ain't never laughed something you really was angry. That's just me, though. Y'all pray my story. I need Jesus every day. And so, uh, but the point is, the devil has to see people in thinking that the light is on in their life, and they actually walking in darkness. They are walking in darkness. And you do not want to be an individual that believes the lies of the devil. You want to walk in the light of the world. You want to be exposed to all the goodness that God has for your life. You want to be exposed that the head, the head and not the tail. You want to be exposed to the good, the prosper, and be in health even as our soul prosper. The more you know about Jesus, the more you need to be exposed to him. That he is a way maker. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is the what we're looking for. Good God Almighty. Who shined that about? Glory be to God. Now, 
I want to go a little bit further. I'm, I don't know if I'll finish today, but we'll go as far as we can, and we'll take it up next time. Now, we must also know and understand that who Jesus is based on John 14, verse 6, which states in part, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Let's go to John 14, verse 6. John 14 and verse 6. He says, I am the way. Now, why is the way important? One reason the way is important is because we turn the light on, you still got to know which way to go. John 14, verse 6 reads as follows. The words of Jesus. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, several in- indications in this text is, first of all, if he turns the light on, he's still got to show you the way. All right? If, when God exposes you to something, he's got to show you the way. Never think that when the light is on, that people automatically know which, what to do. That That's not true. We need to be taught. Is that right? We need knowledge and understanding. It's almost like saying, hey, the book is open. You should know everything in it. It don't work like that, do it. You got to learn stuff. Hey, I, I turn the computer on. You work it now. What you mean I got to work it? This program wants you doing this job here. I want you to work it. No, I got, you got to teach me how to work that. I'm not going to know it unless you teach me. It's almost like saying, I know we've been talking about this for a while. I'm going to get over here right quick. Y'all ready? All right, y'all. We're going to sing every praise. I need y'all to hit it right quick. All right, ready? Go. No, I don't want no music. No, because if not, I'd be messing everybody up, you know. Oh. Woo! Every praise. Y'all ain't singing it? Why ain't y'all singing it? See how disorganized that is? That because, listen, there's plenty of light on here, right? Everybody see the keyboard? Everybody see the microphone? Why ain't y'all singing there? That's how sometimes people come to Christ and expect to happen. You're supposed to pray. Ain't nobody talking about how to pray. You're supposed to give. Ain't nobody talking about how to give. Ain't nobody. Listen, you can't just expect folks to come into church and know all this stuff. Y'all follow me? But that's the attitude sometimes of us to church. We expect the folks, hey, y'all sing every praise. That don't sound like every praise to y'all. That one, the song that them youth, I mean, uh, uh, Sincere praise was singing a while ago. That wasn't their song. It didn't sound as that. It's like you singing the shower. It sounded just like the folks on the radio, right? Like you riding down the road, it sounded like the folk. In my mind, it do. <laughs> but how do you know unless somebody shows you the way? But this is the, this is the key. If I show you the way, you got to want to learn the way. Y'all following? I can show you all day long. 
I remember when I was teaching my daughter how to drive. She said, I don't want, I don't like driving, Dad. I don't like driving, Daddy. You can't tell now, I know, but at this point, she was saying stuff like that. I don't like driving. I don't want to drive. I don't want, no, you, I, you know why you tell her? I don't care if you want to drive or not. Get that driver's seat. Because your daddy would not be, you won't be 25 years old and your daddy driving you around. You ain't gonna be 20 and your daddy driving you around. You will not be 18 and your daddy driving you around. So I put in the car and I showed her how to drive. She got mad. I don't like driving, daddy. You know, didn't Tia bother me? No, I can't tell you. Can't even ask you that question like that. (laughs) I need somebody with some compassion and mercy. (laughs) All right. I don't see anybody. Oh. She's so nice. She, you know, I, she, she had some tears coming out of her eyes. She was mad with me. I said, well, dry them up, baby. Can't go nowhere. You, listen, I can panic all day long inside over here. Woo! 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 You can't panic. <laughs> you can't get mad. I don't care how mad you get, folks. You still got to be calm, cool, and collected when you're driving. Everybody understand that? I can panic. Ah! Look out the window. Woo, look at that, y'all. What they doing over there? You got to watch the road. You got to watch the road. Yeah, yeah. I guess y'all, y'all don't want to come to me for driving lesson no more. I mean, is that something wrong with that picture right there? The thing is, if I show you, no matter how mad you get with me, upset with me, you still got to want to learn it. Because one day, I'm not going to be in the car with you. One day, I'm not going to be there to pray with you. One day, I'm not going to be there to tell you what thus saith the Lord. One day, I'm not going to be there to give, to feed you scripture. One day, I'm not going to be there on your job when your supervisor get mad at you and says, you know what? I don't like the way you look. And if you're in careful, you'll be able to jump up in the flesh and you'll catch a case and you'll end up in jail. And then I like, they don't know what they're talking, you're talking about. Look how they look at more. They like life is fair in here. Life ain't fair. They'll, they'll trap you like they tried to trap Jesus, but you got to know that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper in every tongue that rise against you in judgment. Thou shalt condemn. You got to know that you are the head and not the tail. You got to know you are above only and not beneath. You got to know that you are the, that you're following the light of the world. He gonna show you what to do as you follow the all-knowing God. You got to know who Jesus is. Then you got to know who you are in Jesus. So in turn, you can be all that God called for you to be. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.